0: Welcome to the Pop Culture Pile of Driver. Get addicted to the content. I am Jason Rossi, and with me as always is my tag team partner in the podcast sphere. He goes by the wonderful handle on the tweet, Billy D 2411 D, what's going on, man?
1: Hello! Although I should say, what's up, jerks? Because I'm wearing my um, what's up, jerks shirt. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, not much. Uh, just literally got off the golf course and had a spicy chicken sandwich right before we went on air. I cried a little bit from it and sweated a little bit. It was extra spicy.
0: Is that Wendy's or Burger King?
1: Oh no, it's Crazy Good Kitchen in Malden. It is oh, delicious.
0: Crazy Good Kitchen in Malden.
1: Yeah, it's Give that place show. that's like the um, uh diner,
0: like the little like uh, drive-in diner. Oh, the one near uh, the Papagenos. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: well the Papagenos is a hole in the ground now, but
0: yeah, oh, no, it's been it's been a while since I've driven those streets. Uh, that's great. Uh, a little golf in there, a little golf action. That's nothing wrong with that. Nice little uh, social distance um get together. Oh yeah. In the heat, it was ridiculous. I, I was dying. Oh, yeah. I, I've been basically indoors all day. And the old AC. Um, but, Billy, it is uh, some wild times upon us. Uh, I know this is something people like yourselves have been looking forward to in some ways. Long time coming. But it's still very sad, I think, for people like me. But it is the uh, unofficial official announcement that The Undertaker's retirement in part five of the last ride. The Undertaker said there's nothing really left for him to do. No, He doesn't see himself really getting excited to get back in the ring. He really loved... Really wanted to work with AJ Styles for the last few years. Got an opportunity to do so. Said he, it took so much out of him to even perform and film the uh, Boneyard match, which I think we both kind of agreed that, like, oh, amazing. We're and we're gonna see more of that. You would think, like, oh, if the Undertaker's gonna do it, this is where he would do it. He um, might do it in a B movie. He could do it in a B movie, like a Jerry Lawler. If you ever look maybe at it have a stunt double or something, could be. Uh, but he did basically, like I said, he kind of unofficially. Announces retirement. We saw this at WrestleMania 33, but this time it's looking more and more likely. Oh, he's done. You think so Pretty for much, sure? WWE came out and said it, right? Yeah, but they also the. I was at WrestleMania 33 the next day. WWE was posting all the very similar things. So, well, it's a wrestling retirement. I mean, Ric Flair's retired 95. times. Yeah, it's like Brett
1: Favre. You can't take any of them seriously. But I mean, he is the greatest gimmick of all time. Probably I, one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. Definitely the best entrance of all time. We'll get to that list at some point, but he's number mm-hmm. one with the bullet. I don't think anybody Ooh. can really argue that. But the Triple you know, H
0: is pretty big. Triple H is
1: one. Is- you could have a debate because every single time Triple H was, oh, yeah, and he also had the special ones. That's a good debate to have. But either right. way, this is one of the top, 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 top guys. Will be a top
0: 10 all-timer for yeah. you know, decades, hundreds of years. However long they wrestle, this will be a top 10 guy all-time. I think the one thing that's interesting and now, obviously everything's in retrospect and you, you kind of, you know, recency biased or hyperbilly, if you would. Uh, he never gets mentioned in the Mount Rushmore when it comes to wrestling. He's not though. But I, but he could be like, it really could be for character work. He never broke his character until like the last, what, 16 months? Like he's never done podcasts. He never did anything. He talks about it in the last ride. If you haven't watched the last ride on WWE Network, it when is. was this well Austin written. podcast? That was several months ago. It was this year? Okay. So it's that like was a great one. It was awesome, and it was so different because we haven't seen Mark Calloway. Basically, there was no Mark Calloway until 2020. He's never been except
1: WCW when he was mean Mark Calloway.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like he was never in, since the Undertaker's debut in 1990. He never has been like Mark Calloway. He's never been. He's been the American badass. He talks about all these things again in the last ride. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It is. I know the Michael Jordan documentary was outstanding. I'm not going to really compare the two, but yet the I've last heard ride, from a few people, this is better. I honestly, it's obviously what I love more too. Like I, the Jordan thing's cool because it's all retrospect, but this is like recent. This goes up to like months ago. Um, and also, you forget how goddamn attractive Michelle McCool really is. But that's beside the point. And like, <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah, Michael. Cool. Oh, forget it. That was your girl. Layla was your girl for back my when you were watching. Favorite. Oh my god, I could. She's still. She is something else. There's some real good scenes with her, but uh, we're getting off track. Don't forget, this is the Pop Culture Pile Driver. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. To so search Pop Culture Pile Driver, that's three words: P C P. And then you can also <laughs> check us, you can also check us out on YouTube and make sure you subscribe. You could be watching us do this live if you're not listening to us now. We appreciate it either way. Give a subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. Subscribe to, on. The uh, podcast. Leave a five star review if you think we deserve it. And even if you don't, do it anyways, because guess what? It helps us a lot. And you what? What's that you say, Bill? You left one last month. Well, do it again because we can use it.
1: Every month you can do it. And uh, please feel free. We do it for our favorite podcast. So yeah, absolutely. Please return
0: the favor. I put a reminder now on my phone every, like, I think it's actually coming up. It's usually towards the end of the month. I just say, hey, remember to these five, six podcasts. And I always just, anyone i am subscribed to, I usually just give five star. Even if you don't have to leave a big long review, just give a five star, say thumbs up, like these guys. They told me to give me a five-star review, whatever it takes. Um, and again, on uh, YouTube, a <clears throat> thumbs up on this video as well if you're watching us live. It's your
1: watching... monthly cycle.
0: Oh, man, and it comes fast. Um, all right, so, Bill, we usually start a podcast with uh, what's on your mind. Anything on your mind today? Not really. Um, is there anything
1: I want to talk about? Um, no, some weird, you know, corona data, dating stuff. Uh, one of our friends unsuccessfully slash successfully pranked me that I thought I might be a baby's right. daddy out there. Uh, kind of poo-pooed it right away let him down a path for a
0: little while. Kind of overplayed my hand at one point. He spilled the beans. It was yeah. fun, though. Was he, fun. he texted me and said, how freaked out was Bill? In my honest opinion, not just saying this to you hair, I said, I bet you were worried a little bit. Not about reality of having a child, but like, who the hell's doing this before? And then I think they shouldn't have used a number that we anybody could have traced. That was oh, my it in and, one second. And I also think you don't jump off with like hey I, you may you have a baby It oh, should have yeah. been like, more like out of the
1: blue like hey how you doing i thought you about how I frank
0: you i would have said like i was your like high school ex-girlfriend i would be like hey you no, know, it's been a long time i would have done something like that because that would have got you you would have been freaking the f out and then so you I, couldn't... Have...
1: No, I was just gonna say i played golf with a guy who was pretty young i think like in his early 20s and i always say like if it's something like that or 18 years old anybody like that i was like oh you could have been the kid that i gave away in high school
0: <laughs> Boom. Right, that's real nice, Bill. Real nice. Um, well, what, what about the Corona dating? What's going
1: on there? Uh, the meals were really good. Uh, no, the dates were really good, too. It's just a weird time to be dating.
0: I, I can weird. imagine. Like, it's been a weird time probably anyways over the last, like, year or two, give or take, just in general. But, like, right now, like, so have you gone to places? I went to a restaurant, a really nice restaurant in nice. Cambridge. It was delicious. So you can go out. It was
1: pretty safe. Like, I felt yeah. totally comfortable. Outdoors? Um, Outdoors, yeah. I don't think I'll go indoors for a long time. Sure. I don't think until we're like out of social distancing, just because like that's how everything spreads. Uh, but yeah, no, a lot of fun, but Dude. strange, strange time. Any, uh, any uh, good night kiss? Gentleman never kisses and tells, but I'm not a gentleman. He, he, and I still won't. Kiss.
0: <laughs> but I'm just more interested, just because I, I would that. I don't. No, I don't know how no,
1: I, I didn't. I didn't try to broach that subject. Oh. On one of, especially, it's just you know. Hey,
0: when's the last time you took your temperature? Like imagine a good icebreaker. What's the last time you took your temperature? Clean clothes? Did you just get out of the shower? Uh, interesting times nonetheless. But uh, think about hand stuff you can put on a glove. It's true. It's very true. Put a, put a glove everywhere, Bill. Clean, keep it clean. Actually, I was told by a scientist that's not a scientist on Google that having sex, safe sex, is one of the most safe things you can do.
1: I don't believe that one bit, but sure. Well
0: if the if you are wearing said protection, it's really safe. That's For what they Coronavirus
1: say. or to not For, have kids?
0: Well obviously the kids side, but yeah, coronavirus. They say that you can't, you know, pick it up. Just don't eat uh, out the back door. That's the one big thing that I've heard. Never so so sorry about your uh, your favorite thing to do. Uh, the only thing now, speaking about we're getting a little weird go down rabbit holes here, just briefly, we're not going to get into this too much. The whole hashtag speak out, I don't know how much you've seen about this with wrestling. There is a lot of smucks in wrestling right now, mm-hmm. and they're all getting called out. People are losing jobs, suspended, um, people from Matt Riddle to... Jordan Devlin in WWE to Jack Gallagher was fired over it. Um, i not again, I'm not going to get into the allegations, but the overall gist is that a lot of these guys, there's a lot of sexual harassment to sexual, like con- misconduct on them. A lot of independent wrestlers, Joey Ryan, famously known as the guy who, you know, basically his move is to grab other guys dicks or he, they grab his dick and he does like a flip off of it. Very goofy, very ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he has a lot of bad track record was just released by impact wrestling. If you know, if stuff like this is really happening, Matt Riddle, like there's like some conflicting reports, but if this stuff is really happening, I'm so happy that these guys are being called out. This, if this one thing about coronavirus from what we're seeing for, you know, equality to all these other things, let's get it all out now. Let's, let's rip the bandaid off, get rid of, you know, all these things that are out there. And so we can come back stronger, come back together. But this is, there's no room for this crap.
1: Oh, absolutely not. It's intolerable. You shouldn't tolerate it. I mean, I'm glad that they're coming out and telling the stories And hopefully that, you know, they get them out there and get the guys out of wrestling who shouldn't not even be in wrestling, but really be around anyone. I mean, that's just horrible stuff that a lot of these guys have, at least at this point, allegedly done. So
0: Yeah, uh, it's an ugly, ugly thing. I did see one thing Pete Dumb tweeted, like, don't give up on British – because it's a lot of British wrestlers. Mm -hmm. If you Google – it's, like, guys I'm not super familiar with and guys that we know from, you know, WWK and there. It's just – it sucks. It's bad. I'm glad these women are speaking out if things have happened to you in any – Situation like this, speak out. Let it be known. Let's let's clear the air, clean it. They, these people don't deserve to, you know, be idolized or put on television on a weekly basis. But
1: no, it's uh, time to tear down the old systems and all of yeah. these situations we're currently in, and you know, make sure everybody is on equal footing. The women's revolution in wrestling is pretty real. It's been a real thing for a long time, yep. and hopefully, this is you know a next you know not step in the business technically, like on air,
0: but in like the right direction for them behind the scenes too completely agree. All right. On a much lighter note, Bill, 24 years ago today was King of the Ring 1996, the famous day that Austin <coughs> 316 was born. Now, Bill, I'm going to pop quiz you on this. Do you know or can you guess the members in the King of the Ring semifinal, the four King of the Ring semifinalists that night? Jake the Snake Roberts. That's one. Who did he beat in the, fir- in the first round of the night? Triple H. Nope. Triple H, just so you know, this is during the time when he was being like punished. He was on yeah. a dark match against Aldo Montoya. That's all you need to know about him. Uh, I don't know. Jake Roberts defeated Vader. And obviously, right. Stone Cold won. Who did Stone Cold defeat in the first round? Savio Vega? Good guess. That would be Mark Marrow. Mark okay. Marrow. The other match on this card is just so interesting looking back. Smoking Guns versus the Goodwins. Godwins. Godwins, sorry, and you know it's just funny smoking guns with Sonny, which 1996. Hello, uh, and the Goodwin Godwins with Hillbilly Jim. So weird. Uh, Ultimate Warrior versus Jerry Lawler. Oh. Yeah, you heard that right. Mankind versus the Undertaker, which we'll get to. Ahmed Johnson versus Goldust for the Intercontinental Championship. Obviously, we got Stone Cold versus Jake Roberts, <laughs> and then the main event of the night: Shawn Michaels defending the championship against. Take a guess. Jeff Jarrett? Good guess. The British Bulldog. Ooh, yeah. This was in the stretch
1: where he had a lot of good title defenses. I remember this being... British Bulldog always put on a good match. One of his best matches ever was, I believe, was it for the Intercontinental title in Wembley Stadium versus Bret Hart? Bret Hart. Um, Was that the 91 SummerSlam? 92. 92, but just... He always put on a good match. Shawn Michaels, you know, this was his first prime, if you want to call it that. We'll (laughs) get to him later, too, as well. But this was when he was at the absolute top of his game before, he, you know, got to Austin and got injured. But you know, yeah. A lot of good wrestling on this card for sure.
0: This was when this was when the ringmaster was at his top too. This well, this top. was the this was when he stripped away that ringmaster. And you know what's really interesting about this when you look back, like I know today, like we look at like Dolph Ziggler, think of him as you will, but like he's put in main event spots, he's put in championship matches because he's gonna make the his opponent look good, regardless of like the match. That's what kind of the British Bulldog was there for a while, because he don't forget he had matches against Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart when he was champion, mm-hmm. Diesel, and he, he always and he was of the, the size matches. of
1: a warlord.
0: Oh, my God. He was an absolute human. house. He was bigger, I think, when he came
1: back, just slightly, because he probably hit those uh, uh, you know things that you needles. shouldn't hit. <laughs> needles. But uh, a quick aside, the guy who brought you know Stone Cold in his kind of current form you know, that he had was the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And who was the guy we're going to talk about tonight that introduced him onto the scene back in, what was it, Survivor Series 80? 90,
0: 90. 90? 90? Yeah. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. With uh, Brother Love, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting side note. All right, let's get into it, Bill. The main event of this podcast is the Best Undertaker Feud. Uh We'll basically just kind of ping back, back and forth. We both pick three that we think stand out to us. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, let's let you go first. All right, I'm going to kick mine off with Triple H. And when people hear Triple H and they think The Undertaker, they think of WrestleMania 27, they think of WrestleMania 28. For me, those are very nice pieces. Those are the cherries on top. But for me, the great feud that these two had was back in the turn of the century when The Undertaker returned as the American badass. He uh, interrupted a Rock versus, um, Rock versus Triple H uh, Iron Man match. I think it was Backlash? Judgment Day? Judgment Day. And that's when the, he returned, and it's kicked off a feud between the two. They went back and forth. Don't forget, there was the corporate ministry, which Triple H didn't include himself in. There was a corporation with Triple H. then. This all led to, eventually, WrestleMania 17, which Bruce Pritchard released uh, in a podcast saying that the reason Triple H and The Undertaker fought at WrestleMania 17 is because they didn't have something for either one of them, like a month before. So this is when they set up Rock and Austin at the top. They knew they had... Um, There was like three other matches. As you look back, obviously it's a very famous, like um, Vince versus Shane. They were like looking down their card, like we have nothing for Triple H and nothing for the freaking Undertaker. And this, don't forget the Undertaker missed WrestleMania 2000. So that's how they plotted these two together. And it literally was one of the best drag out brawl matches I think WWE's ever produced. Um, I know that's, kind of uh, you know hard for people to believe with all the things you've seen over the last you know 30 40 years but it's an incredible match and these two I just thought were magic especially then fast forward again to 27 uh, WrestleMania 27 WrestleMania 28 the whole reason this feud happened is cuz of Shawn Michaels uh, Undertaker retired Shawn Michaels Undertaker returned in February of 2011 Undertaker just no one knew what he was going to do no one knew what he was going to say Triple H's music hit he just came out just didn't say a word, pointed to the WrestleMania sign, gave him the suck it. Undertaker gave him the the cross of throat, long tongue, eyes back, kind of a innuendo. And the two had two great matches, including the end of an era.
1: Now, Triple H versus the Undertaker stands out. They had one, to me, really great match at WrestleMania. The other two were pretty good, but, you know, they are magic when they get in the ring. Obviously, I think, I don't know if we could say anybody else is the two top entrances. So they always pull out all the stops two of the better entertainers of all time. I think The Undertaker definitely is the overall better worker, but Triple H can make somebody look really well, and I think that's what he did for The Undertaker in all these feuds.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I remember WrestleMania 27 not being stoked about that match just in general. Like, I was like, he just went through Shawn Michaels, and we already fought Triple H, like, again, 10 years earlier, which I still think is a superior match. But then the, the Hell in a Cell one, the end of an era, was such an incredible match. And also, just to touch base on the last ride, that was also supposed to be The Undertaker's end they were going to end it there. Not the streak. They were going to be, he was going to be done right there. So just an interesting note. I thought the two just had so many ups and downs, obviously, wrestling through. Um, like we said, they tag teamed at different times. They were partners during the Attitude Era. But overall, the big three WrestleMania matches stand out to me.
1: And for me, I'm going to go with Mr. Radar Superstar Edge. Great feud back and forth. Cashed him with the money in the bank. Money in the Bank briefcase on him at one point. Great WrestleMania match. I believe it was when
0: Undertaker was going for 16-0. and 0. Uh, Yeah, so yeah. Th- the one thing that always, always aggravates me about this, the year before, it was WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania 24 is when the two yep. closed the show. And it aggravates me because at WrestleMania 23, Edge was back in the Money in the Bank ladder match and lost. Edge previously was undefeated at wrestlemania all they had to do even if they put him in a different match have them win then that could have been streak versus streak and i always think about that as a footnote but it aggravates me
1: i mean in a lot of places i looked for this feud it was one of the more underrated like wrestling feuds in history these two went back and forth a lot of great moments throughout their feuds they feuded a couple times over the years but i really think that edge carried the company in feuds with undertaker and john cena when they were really lacking for that top build talent and to me he's one of those unsung heroes and kind of made undertaker relevant again when i wasn't really caring about him as much
0: during that point i i couldn't agree with you more about that the uh, the thing about edge was he he was a bastard heel um when it was really hard to be a bastard heel cuz that's when like john cena was getting booed cuz everybody liked the heel but like he was the last really great heel during that era during the like the post or towards the end of the ruthless aggression era i, I don't really know where all the he era split carried
1: him fun. through that odd spot until cena got to the tippy top and then carried them from there. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think of him as a flag bearer type guy, but I mean, the undertaker was probably the first time he wasn't at a super full schedule. He was still there almost every night, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't, you know, as prevalent as he once was. And I I think really brought him back to the main stage as like a, this is an unreal is one of the few feuds during that
0: era where I was like, okay, this is deserving of being that top of the card feud. Yeah, and I don't know for sure. This feud also lasted multiple years because the Undertaker Mm -hmm. went away with an injury. You mentioned the cash-in. Don't forget, that was when Mr. Kennedy had the briefcase. Kennedy gets hurt. The Undertaker simultaneously gets hurt. They have to take the briefcase off of Kennedy and then... I think on Raw, then on SmackDown, which was filmed the next night, is when Edge cashed in—a uh, big what if moment there. Um, but then Edge, this was also the Teddy Long era, so there's a lot of. Uh, oh, this is the, when he gets into the was uh, when he gets into the limo with Teddy Long. <laughs> this is that's before, but that okay. is great. That's a, another where to Stephanie type moment. Oh
1: no, you took it from me. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry, uh, but I forget what he said. Where to Teddy? I think he actually yeah, I said think where it was to, where, where to. to. Oh, fantastic stuff. But uh, that was a very short time period when Teddy Long was a heel. But the great thing about some of this part of the feud is that this is a lot of the time when Edge and Vicky Guerrero were together. And then Teddy Long would always be like, well, guess what? Tonight, you're going one on one with The Undertaker. He did tag team. Tag team matches playing and, uh, and and uh, one Undertaker. on one. Of, yeah, he had, those were like two aces in the hole. Um, but the great thing about this feud also, don't forget, we got the incredible rise of Kurt uh, Hawkins and Zack Ryder as the Edgeheads. Oh yes, who,
1: they were great. And they and and it was, Undertaker, like he brought <laughs> lezard them at moments oh. with his joke slams. Like they were the young kids, and they knew they were the young kids. They were getting sold out.
0: Yeah, they reminded me a lot of when Randy Orton was tossing around the uh, Singh brothers in oh, his feud yeah. with Randy Orton. I mean, Th- them and the when. And
1: Everybody was tossing around J and J security.
0: Like they got oh, yeah. tossed. Oh yeah. And these were guys that, you know, to this day, were pretty big. really good and had pretty damn good careers. Um, but yeah, just interesting stuff. But edge, I definitely agree with you is one that I don't think people would jump off the page, but I think definitely worthy uh, of it. And, you know, incredible feud. And again, you can go back and I think the one last note about them, I think they may have faced each other in every single type of match. I believe there was a hell in a cell. Don't quote me on that. They one. faced each other, I believe, at
1: TLC as well.
0: TLC, one hundred percent. There was cage matches. There was uh, there was an inferno match, but all like your main WWE style matches. Well, there's were only got, like twice. four, maybe three, four inferno matches. Two oh, so- sounds like a uh, three count in the future. Well, you can count that Bray Wyatt one. Um, all right, up next for me is Mankind. I think this was a feud. This is what makes the Undertaker special to me. He was selfless. He barely, I couldn't tell you right now off the top of my head. What do you have? Eight, maybe eight championship runs between both belts, if that. Yeah,
1: it was on the low end. It's the he doesn't need the belt type of deal. And he's the one few guy that I really
0: believe didn't need the belt because he was. A pack. He was he was the whole Evan show at one point. He, he was, and he always elevated guys. That was like his specialty. And we're not talking about in the last 10 years. We're not even talking the last 20 years. Mankind came over as kind of like you know this weird character, and they put him in a feud with The Undertaker, all starting off with, um, I think it was a King of the Ring match we talked about here, and then later he had the uh, bra- Boiler, Boiler Room Brawl. Which people like crap? My over. mom,
1: my mom was enthralled by that as a child with me. Like she that, wasn't a child; yeah, she was a
0: child. Man, you were, but you like hungry. that was like good shit back
1: in the day. Like as you I know, before, it. Vince's is good shit.
0: That was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was different, and it was like when you think about the concept. Like if they did it today, everybody would crap on it no, for no reason. So. Well, the concept is you're fighting a, in the back a lot. You come, and all you have to do is grab and earn. Like it's kind of stupid, but. It was pulled off well if unless you were in attendance because you had to watch literally on what looked like um when you watch a movie in T in school and they wheel in a uh Oh a yeah the movie. TVs, yep. That was not what it was. That was bad. But anyways, they it was just a cool match. Uh obviously Paul Bear turned on The Undertaker and that's what that really sparked the first sparked time this. first, first time, time of many. Yeah, like I think it was over five years they were together, and now you have um mankind is just like C- capable, incredible heel, and they had matches back and forth. The one everyone I mean, always they the most
1: did. famous match of all time in wrestling history that put them on the map.
0: Yeah, some uh, <laughs> you know, King of the Ring, nineteen ninety eight, getting tossed off. He's broken in half. He's damn near killed him. Chokeslam kill him! It's, it, it, I killed It's that's it. He's dead. It's scary to watch. And the scariest part about it is Mick Foley comes back out during the Austin versus Kane championship yeah, match. Because he but was the, supposed to. Yeah, but that was the, the night
1: they said that they won the
0: Monday Night War on a Sunday. Well, they, yeah, people like you, everyone's eyes were glued after that, whether you watch it live like I did or you didn't. Like, you were like, what happened? Are you it's still
1: happening in Undertaker matches as recently as like three or four years ago when he did the fucking Shane. Oh, yeah. Because people, or go, Shane did it to him or whatever. Like, yeah.
0: yeah. People go balls out when it comes to the Undertaker. It's just you the have way to. that you step up your game because it is true. Now, I don't. I'm not a big proponent of you don't need the belt, but Undertaker was when you really think about like. I mean, Marvel, he had
1: the streak at WrestleMania. They made that a belt. That was
0: bigger, but I even mean like on a card. They once I started to learn a little bit more about like business sense, like having the Undertaker in a match and then having a championship match and then having like a great tag team. like, it just builds your card up. So you have more things for people to like. And uh, the undertaker always brought that, but him and mankind were magic feuded throughout the years. Um, You know, once Mick Foley ended up, you know, kind of winding down his career in ring, uh, the undertaker was injured. So they never got to have like one big final blow off, which I think we all would have liked, but in just an incredible run with the two of them, just awesome stuff and gave Mick Foley all the credibility to be a top flight WWE guy.
1: And took that into many different versions, his own version, two different other characters that he had. Just a total legitimate superstar that is made by a face, which typically isn't the way it's done in wrestling. Typically the heel makes the face, but the Undertaker is that good of a character where he can be that guy who can make a heel because he's so good. They used to just try to bring in heels for the Undertaker to beat. Like giant Gonzalez yes. and all those weird guys, because yeah. he had Won't to be slay analyzed. monsters, and they built him better than any other superstar, probably in the history of the company. Like that was their own creation.
0: Yeah, it's a, you hear all the Hulk Hogan. They brought up guys, Boss Man, Earthquake. They brought big heels for him to beat, like for him to conquer. And the Undertaker really is the only one that they kept that kind of model with throughout the years. But then, like, it all kind of stopped when it came to to mankind, because he was thinking to himself. Why do I always beat these guys? He talks about it. He's like, why do I always beat them? Like, let them beat me. And then it, there's more money to be made. There's more opportunities. And he was smart like that. The one thing Hogan never really, you know, they didn't go. Well, yeah, but-
1: if he lost, he always immediately got his win back and he rarely ever dropped the belt. He only dropped the belt when he was leaving.
0: True. And it's really weird. The only, And then that one time against the Ultimate Warrior and he made sure that like, oh, next year I get my match back. It's kind of scary.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I will say that when we're comparing, you know, it's not even apples to oranges. It's like fruit to like I don't know a body part. The Undertaker is in his prime. One of the smoothest, best wrestling operators that's ever lived. I sure. mean, Hulk Hogan can drop a leg. Yes. And he that's- can put on a good match. <laughs> he knows how to feel a crowd. But that's about it. He can drop a leg, you know, and he can throw up a you know, couple of overhand punches. And at the time, go.
0: that's what it was. But you're right. That's it wasn't much more than that.
1: All right. Are who's you- next? Is it me? It is you. It is me. So I will go with the where to Stephanie. They feuded a few times, but this was probably the height of it. It was also Vince McMahon in- involved with the uh, the higher power. So many great moments with them putting each other on the cross back and forth. The whole Stephanie <laughs> thing. Shane involved. No, All of the true. matches think going back. Think about what
0: you just said. Think about how wild wrestling was. It was
1: nuts. This was the – I think if you were to nail down the pinnacle of wrestling. Still talking about crosses? It was, yes. It was <laughs> – Jesus it was, it was yeah, exactly <laughs> i can't stop i can't stop um, if you were to put this into the number one time this is probably right in that sweet spot of that you know late 90s early 2000s this was like what 98 this happened be uh, a higher power 1999 I believe it, was. it was the summer of 99 <laughs> yeah cuz I, I was going into ice I, yeah. so yeah that sounds about right so this was the height of wrestling the undertaker was at the top of his game I loved, loved the corporate ministry. I loved everything about The Undertaker and this aura. Like, this is when you had, it was so hard to tell. You had Austin, who was a big-time heel, but he, he was coming out as the, no, he was a big-time heel, but like, he's Oh, uh, yeah, but before. He's a the, heel guy. No, yeah, but he, his character is a heel. That's what I mean. He's the anti-hero, he, for sure. He's the anti-hero. That's what I mean. And he was going up against a true heel, and it was dynamite, classic, all-time-level storytelling. But it was me, Austin. It was me <laughs> all along. He was the higher powers and the undertaker was serving him and undertaker and Vince working together, which I'm sure they loved because they fucking love each other. I think this was the height of wrestling. And if it wasn't for like the matches being, you know, buried alive and, you know, Vince being a special guest referee, whatever, it might be one of the greatest feuds of all time. I think just because the wrestling wasn't pinnacle in this, like it wasn't the main thing. I don't put it in the tippy top number one, which I think I have, Feud for the
0: Undertaker. So we're talking about Austin here. I, for yeah, a second, yeah. I didn't know if you were going. Yeah. I, I would say the a tough Austin. part It was me, Austin. <laughs> the, all along. The tough part for this is they had that SummerSlam 1998 match built up. Like it was like a WrestleMania match, which is mm-hmm. weird that these two never had a WrestleMania match in some ways. They went with the rock, which also well, proved you again, can't have Austin beat him. No, I know, point. but uh true, but they weren't thinking about it. in WrestleMania 15. I always thought in my head, the I think store, they were
1: thinking of the Undertaker.
0: I would have thought they would because you had The Undertaker for him at SummerSlam. Now he beats him. Kane's still involved. There was all that story, which, you know, we'll get oh, to All that the embalming of him? That was fucking crazy. <laughs> that was part of this corporate... <laughs> <minute>. That was <laughs> yeah. a year later, but that was, you know, they had so many matches, but Austin always talks about it. That was his bit, one of his biggest regrets in ring, aside from walking away, is the match against The Undertaker because he said he got kind of knocked out a little bit and he wasn't able to bring that next level. Yeah, so always. think about it. Austin in 1997 broke his freaking neck at SummerSlam. 1998 gets concussed. These are two pretty big platforms for him. As main, well, the first one wasn't his main event against Owen Hart, but this was a main event. Like, the don't forget, Highway to Hell. I wasn't a, I didn't even know about ACDC when I was 12, 13 years old. This made me understand who they were, what they were all about. Um, and, and I remember that's the reason I knew about Highway to Hell. And that match had all the hype. And as a kid, I thought it was awesome, but watching it's not really a rewatchable match. But they, they ended up having, like you said, that buried alive match. They had a couple other, <laughs> which again, what a concept that is. Um, but yeah, I I think him and Austin, you know, has the they, Undertaker they, had the most unique matches of all time? It's gotta be, I think so. I was trying to think about this earlier, actually. It's funny you say that because I think he's had he's debuted more matches to it casket, inferno, <laughs> buried alive, ambulance, boiling room, brawl. I don't know if he yeah. debuted it, but I'm sure he's been definitely had him. Yeah, I know Kane's been in a bunch of those. Um, Undertaker probably has been in something else, a Boneyard match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's something else quite ridiculous, but yeah, just guy was just really a Swiss army knife when it came to that stuff. Uh, for me, my final uh, feud is the feud that I think is the most memorable when it comes to The Undertaker, may not necessarily be the best, but it's against his brother Kane. Now, the reason this is an explosive, explosive rivalry is because in his best feud, is it was teased four months. Talk about future projections. Paul Bearer was ripping promos on The Undertaker from like post-WrestleMania 13 when he was a oh. champion all the way up till his debut at Bad Blood against, well, opponent, Well, sure we'll be talking about soon. And, and the first ever Hell in a Cell, which I don't even think we just mentioned Hell in a Cell in the matches too. But you had all of these hype stuff. Then Kane finally debuts. It, it, it's gotta be Kane. Incredibly storytelling. Then that was in September, October. We don't see Kane in the ring. As Kane until WrestleMania, which is six months after this, the first time, because the Undertaker refused to fight him. So look at the matches that these two had. You had Undertaker versus Kane at WrestleMania 14, which unfortunately for the Undertaker, kind of with that SummerSlam 98, not a really exciting match or match you want to look back on. The story was there for both him versus Austin at SummerSlam, and versus Kane, but they're not really great matches. Like, to be honest. Um, so that's, that's what hurts that that feud with Austin a
1: lot. And a little bit with his feud with Kane, even though they can both go, they just kind of clunk together.
0: Yeah, and at Unforgiven, the month later, he edited the first ever Inferno match. Then they fought each other on a Raw for the number one contendership. They fought each other then as a part of a Hell in a Cell match. On a Raw with uh, Mankind and Kane versus Austin and Undertaker, which the tags. Uh, Then, you know, you had more tag matches involved. Then you started getting matches where the Undertaker was in triple threats versus Austin and Kane. Kane again faced the Undertaker later that year for the championship when Austin you know, counted them both out, got fired. Then we got a casket match between Kane and the undertaker on raw. This is just in 1998. These two did it all. They were in the deadly games paper, um, or I think it was a double DQ. Cause I think they both, I don't think anybody won, or maybe the undertaker did win that one, but it was just like, they had crazy matches in that early phase that we're talking about from 98 to 99. And then they rekindled their feud as we headed to WrestleMania 2000, when the undertaker came off being the American badass and back as the undertaker after Kane, buried him alive months earlier. And then they had another feud, Bill, in like 2010, uh, for the world championship, where they had a buried alive match, they had a hell in a cell match, they had no holds barred matches. They were just all over the place in several different eras. Um, you know, let alone some of the different Royal Rumbles they had against each other. I just think that's such a story. Again, another feud that never had a final blow-off, which happens, but just what an incredible, incredible feud. Great story probably the best story that WWE ever pulled off and created two of the best gimmick characters of all time, and they're in the same family.
1: Family. Yeah, I don't think it's hands hands down. uh, What's his name's best idea ever? Probably his only good idea ever. Bruce Pritchard. Named his son Kane, just to make sure everybody knows he got credit for it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, they are probably not even – they are the two best characters in wrestling history. I don't even think that's debatable in any faction, franchise, federation, whatever you want to call it. They had great feuds. Mm-hmm. The wrestling, they just didn't seem like both of them can pretty much play with anybody else, but I don't think they always played well together. They were a great tag team, and I think that's why you never yeah. saw the final blow off. They kind of ended on you know the same foot there. But you know, Kane versus the Undertaker, sign me up for it most times for the story, and the match is a little something to be desired.
0: Yeah, if you want to look back on the very last time they fought as, you know, one-on-one, it was a Buried Alive match, Kane versus The Undertaker at, uh, excuse me, a bragging rights, 2010, Bill. Yes, bragging rights. So if you want to watch the last ever match against the two, the first one, WrestleMania 14.
1: So number one with a bullet, uh, very fitting because that's how, you know, uh, Jim Ross would describe sweet chin music a lot of the times. Number one with a bullet striking up the band, It's Shawn Michaels. I don't even think it's a question. The greatest wrestling match for a wrestling fan, like a wrestler's wrestler at WrestleMania 25. Then they did it again in 26. But they also had two great matches in, I believe, 97. One was the In Your House where I think The Undertaker, for one of the first times, did that ridiculous dive over the top rope, which he almost killed himself (laughs) in one of the WrestleMania matches as well. I mean, him and Shawn Michaels were absolute magic. That first Hell in a Cell, I think, gets undersold because it was such a new concept, and it got ruined by the, not ruined, but the ending happened where Kane came out. That's got to be Kane. Everybody thinks it's Jim Ross. That's actually Vince McMahon flipping out right there. But (laughs) just a great feud back and forth. Two people who, at that time, hated each other, and they did not get along. They did not like each other. I believe it was at WrestleMania 14 when The Undertaker famously said, like, if you don't take the ring, I'm going to kick the
0: shit out of you for fucking real. Yeah, basically, there was that rumor that he was taping his fists and stuff like that, as we saw Mm -hmm. from, you know, Bruce Pritchard talking about a lot of people talking about it. There's no, like, 100% confirmation, but basically, The Undertaker in that podcast with Steve Austin basically said, like, yeah, like, if he didn't do it, like, I would have gotten him. He didn't say, like, he wasn't actually sitting gorilla, but he said, like, oh, without a doubt, I would have gotten him.
1: Yeah, 100%, and he would have. I mean, Shawn Michaels is a big dude compared to me, but The Undertaker is nearly 7 feet tall, and he was, right. at that time, he was in the best shape of his life. Recently, he actually looked pretty good against JJ Styles. Yeah, Very blown away. I'm glad I got that good taste in my mouth from The Undertaker right before we went away. But back to this feud, I mean, you go back and watch that 26 match. Very good. Very, very good. Yep, Excellent match. I don't think anybody questions 25 is the better one. I think the feud leading into 26 might have been a little bit better. Oh, the yeah. Whole speech where he's like, I think it was at the slammies, right? Let me get this one more time. You know, I won match of the year. I think I can beat him. Doesn't beat him. You know, the end of an error for Shawn Michaels right there, but you know, career versus the streak. It is a great told story throughout that WrestleMania 25, 26. I didn't go back and do too much research on that, you know, 97 feud. But, you know, the, the whole buildup, that whole year long for those two, and they delivered. That match is pure magic. I mean, from start to finish, it's a 25-minute masterpiece, and I think that's what puts it over the top for me because you could put it up there probably in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling matches. I like a few other ones a little bit better, but this to me is the wrestling fans, like the true... In between the ropes kind of guy, favorite match.
0: Yeah, especially I think the most interesting part is you would never think WrestleMania 25, Undertaker Shawn Michaels would be that. Because a little less than 10 years ago. Yeah, it's just because you think like, oh, 25, those are two guys that are probably at the end of their career, you know, putting together a good match, but you wouldn't look back. Like you're linking, like where are the young stallions that would be putting that match? Don't forget Mm -hmm. this. Was followed by, unfortunately, you know, that wasn't the main event. It was Triple H and Randy Orton was the main event of that year, which had one of the best storylines also going, but just didn't. That Again, was the it, Stephanie one, right? Where you kissed her. Oh, yes. That was punting all the McMahons. Um, but the thing is, with this match, was it really didn't, you didn't have that, like, oh, this is going to be an awesome match going in, which 26 had that, had, like you said, career versus streak. The, only and, it's way the and it was great, but 25 just had that, like, full momentum the whole way through. It was just very special match. Um, and just to quickly note, in 1997, when these two, like, the Undertaker, I remember seeing, like, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. I'm like, that's like why, like today, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like you would see, I don't know, like, uh, no, I'm not trying to discredit John Michaels with this, but like Cedric or Ricochet versus Brock Lesnar when that actually did happen, you're like, that just doesn't compute what, what's going on here. But, but the thing that's cool about it was Shawn Michaels, when we think it's small, like play big, always looked a little bit bigger. And you know, again, the hell in a cell match was incredible. This all started, stemmed from him being the special guest referee during Hart versus oh, Taker yeah. championship match. You know, uh, Shawn Michaels couldn't cost mm-hmm. Bret Hart the title. Ends up, you know, helping him win the title mm-hmm. over the Undertaker. Um- t- um- t- 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 like- yeah, he's, he's pissed and he does it. And then the Undertaker him at the Hell in a Cell match. Kane debuts. Then they have the match of Royal Rumble, which is famous where under, Triple. Uh, oh, oh yes, Sh- I watched
1: this the shit out of this because this is one of the VHSs I bought because this is the one where he hurts
0: his back and all the casket match. Yeah, where he and there's a lot of great <laughs> fucking window? match. A it's a great also,
1: match, and, and another I'm one. Not, a, I forgot how good this match is. Yeah, I'm going go back and watch this tonight because I forgot that this. I used to watch Shawn Michaels. It's like, this was one of the few things I could watch over and over again back in the day. Amazing yeah.
0: match. Yeah, so that's at Royal Rumble 1998, um, and that match again ends with a Kane, you know, interference. But mm-hmm. that was part of that bigger storyline. The two of them had matches that you would just be like, okay, like we know these ones at the end of the curve Remind me a little bit of Kane, the Kane feud, because you got so much better like storylines afterwards. And also don't forget, this is all in between the Montreal screw job, which is a whole nother side of it, which um, the only thing I want to note about that is how the undertaker has said, he wishes he went to Vince McMahon beforehand and just said, let me beat, uh, uh, let me beat Brett. Like, let me be the one that goes in beats Brett Hart. So you don't have to be in this situation. He says, he talked about that in the awesome podcast and how different things would be. But I think, you know, Obviously, outside of this, like it made the Shawn Michaels-Undertaker feud even better because there was a little animosity behind because Undertaker didn't like Shawn pulling those stunts um, back then. And I think that's how these two really elevated their games together, especially in that Rumble match.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a Bruce Prichard story where he was pissed at Bruce Prichard because he thought he knew he yes. didn't tell the Undertaker, and he didn't know even though Bruce Prichard's a dirty, filthy liar anyways. He's probably <laughs> making it all up. So oh, yeah, Nah, he's just, I don't know. He just tells the same story over and over again. I can relate because I do that too. So I guess I can't get too mad, <laughs> but um, no, the undertaker. I mean, I was him for three straight Halloween's. Oh, we were I all, was, everybody had to
0: be one, right? Yeah. One I was had the one. gray
1: gloved ones twice. And then I found purple dish gloves. I was able to pull <laughs> off the purple one, which I was ecstatic about. It, the only one I was more than him. I think I was Michelangelo, maybe three, also three or four straight. Halloween.
0: Uh, so wait, out of seven years, you were the same character.
1: Yeah, I was always the same. Uh, Bad like, Bats, I was, I was a Brad ninja. Bats. No, no, no. I mean, the Undertaker. The Undertaker. Yeah, but you don't like, do it three
0: times. You, you, I you, couldn't
1: be Bret Hart. That costume was too hard to make. I was the so Undertaker. Undertaker once. I,
0: I was Purple Undertaker. I was called a witch several times, so I made sure to throw that freaking costume away because I was scarred. Uh you know, I told you. Yeah, do the tie sure. right. You got to cut the tie. Oh, Bill, everything was pinpoint. I got to find a picture. It looked good. People just don't know, so they're like, "Oh, look at the witch." I'm like, "I'm not a witch. A witch is a woman. I am the he GD Undertaker." There. I did it all. I did it all. I was pissed. They're like, oh, look at the witch. I'm like, I'm not a witch. And then one time I dressed up as a ghost and they kept calling, and I was supposed to be a scary ghost. Casper? And they call me Casper. We told you this story in the past. Oh my God. And then the one guy at the end is just like, when, what are you? I'm like, Casper. He's like, oh, I thought you were a scary ghost. Pissed me off. But, anyways, back to this feud. The last thing I would say, like, there's one match, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen at ground zero the in your house. I think it was the first time the two fought because it was right after. Oh yeah, this was the
1: one I was talking about where he did the dive over the rope. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that must have been sure. I don't know. Yep. Like that match doesn't see stand I don't okay. remember it either, but like probably you know seven, eight years ago when I was ripping through the top WWE matches of all time. This was in like the top fifty or seventy or something like that. Sure. I went back and watched it. It's like one of those Shawn Michaels masterpieces. Like I said, I thought that was the Jeff Jarrett one that he had. He had a lot of those under the radar matches where they just threw him on the card against a really good wrestler, and it was fucking magic. And that was this was no exception. This was a great match.
0: So it's going to be hard, but we'll get to it in a few moments our match of the pod because for you, I think you have a lot there. So let's just end, Bill. What do you think the best version of the Undertaker was? I think the best
1: version of the Undertaker was. It's hard to say. I love the childhood Undertaker, the undefeated, the always rising up. The dead behind the eyes, the really like young one you'll see him behind right there. Look at that hand with the tie. I would say that's probably two. I think the corporate ministry undertaker, I just love a faction. I think Mm. he was so badass. And the way that he like ran that crew. I loved that. That was, was my favorite.
0: He was also speaking in like tongues and oh, putting so hexes good. on people. And, and that music. The da-da,
1: da-da, 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 awesome
0: da-da. theme. Awesome. That theme, and it rivals right up there. It's a little different. It was with the Unholy Alliance with him and Big Show. Also yeah. had a very badass theme. For me, a lot of people don't like, like, I look back for some reason this is bad. It's the American badass for me because I just love the promos, the matches, the entrance, the style, everything about this. You can actually potentially quote right before he got injured and was away. He was kind of the American Badass Undertaker, but still as the right post, corporate ministry post, Unholy Alliance Undertaker. Um, was like cutting the same promos, coming out and talking. Uh, wasn't saying he was in the desert for 14 days, but really incredible stuff. I just thought the Undertaker American Badass. Had some of the best matches. That's when he put Jeff Hardy over in an incredible match. That's when he was, uh, him and Kurt Angle had a really, really strong feud. And I just love that we got to hear him talk, because I think he is an underrated talker. Say what he re- if kids. you sleep with your sister. Oh, God, like he he, he,
1: was, he was he was really good and i think that's he the was. thing that we talk about all the time with professional wrestling when you can tap into your actual personality and that's closer to his actual personality is the american badass than yes. of you know a fucking crip keeper undertaker <laughs> deadman deadman which i never got because an undertaker is just a dude who works at a fucking who? morgue yeah. He's not a dead man like it would be one day, I don't know. But they still pulled it off beautifully. I don't care. It's a anymore. better
0: name than, I guess, Dead Man. If he yeah. just came out as a dead man, it would have been dumb. And think also a good thing he didn't come out of that damn egg that night. Oh, um, my
1: God. would have ruined do, him. They would have ruined <laughs> the best thing oh, they absolutely. ever had.
0: Do you think uh, he'll be back in the ring? Do you think we'll see him again?
1: I kind of hope not because I don't think he can top the match with AJ Styles. That's one hell of a way to go out. It was kind of Undertaker meets American Badass in that field. They had the Undertaker symbol burning at the end, him on the motorcycle giving the high five. Yeah, uh, AJ off. Styles put him over and you know obviously he was gonna but he made him look like a million bucks and i kind of have a nice taste in my mouth for the undertaker as weird as that sounds but it's true i nobody was hotter on this guy than me and i had very low expectations for that match and it exceeded it to no other level I, it was probably the most i've been pleasantly surprised by a match in years
0: Hmm, interesting. Yeah, cool, because I know you were down on him for years and he's had some real clunkers over the past, like that ridiculous tag team match with Kane and against Triple H and Shawn Michaels, which should have never happened. Uh he had the match against Goldberg. One of the Goldberg
1: ones. I remember
0: texting you like, I'm never watching it, so don't even bother. And it was bad and it was scary. Uh even like stuff, you know, later Brock Lesnar. He one of the Brock Lesnar ones was bad. Yeah, he did have an awesome match that you talk about. Again, not people are going to note about it, but Extreme Rules last year. His last actual in-ring match was with Roman Reigns bad. against Shane and, and Drew McIntyre, which was actually really good... You can see it was motivated, feeling good. I, I believe we'll see him again, to be honest, because this wasn't like an official retirement. Whether it's another like, cinematic style, I think there's maybe one more in him. I don't know what it will be or why it will be. I just think that there's one I don't
1: want to see him in anything unless it's cinematic and like very minimal. Yeah. Maybe he shows up in a Bray Wyatt thing to like take mm-hmm. him on one day, or... You have him come out one or two nights to kind of, you know, whoever the next Elias is when you need to squash him down a little bit, you have him come out and, you know, tombstone him or chokeslam yeah. him. Yeah. Like he dances. gave probably the best choke slam when he was in his prime. He gave a couple to CM Punk that just were ridiculous where you'd like put him up, post up, and then fucking viciously throw him down. Oh, that's yeah. the other thing about The Undertaker, which why he had so many awesome matches, and this is what a lot of wrestlers don't have anymore is multiple ways to end a match. This guy had the choke slam as a finish. He had the tombstone as a finish. He had the last ride as a finish and he had hell's gates as a finish. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see any of those and have a cat do them, go watch 25
0: years of the undertaker with cats. One of the all time greatest YouTube videos ever. You put, you actually commented on, you can follow us at pop culture PD and you post that incredible stuff. Um, the last question before match of the pod here, Bill, what do you think the legacy of the undertaker is?
1: The undertaker i don't think it's i don't think you can define it to one thing mm-hmm. i think his legacy is going to be the greatest character that wwe has ever created and i can't put it uh, he just had such a long 90 percent, 95 percent amazing career i don't think you can pin him down to just one thing
0: yeah i think the innovation of character two, 30 years you don't just do the same thing you don't hit the same moves no, for 30 years he continued to evolve and even little ways like we just talked about like corporate ministry to to Unholy Alliance. It was just a small little time period there, but he changed. He changed from 90s to 95. Then he had the broken face from Mabel sitting on him because a big boy. Broken face, that mask, that was a different era. Purple gloves, he fought himself. We forgot, like, obviously there's tons of feuds, but, like, he fought himself. He fought a mirror image of The Undertaker. Ridiculous. I mean, if you look
1: at the video we tweeted out, or the video that's behind my shoulder here, the different looks that he had over the year, he was always slightly evolving. I mean, my favorite look is the classic look with the tie that's, like, split open. That's my favorite look of him. But, like, the leather look... The only one I hated is when he had the hood with, like, the spikes on it and he was bald. He looked like a... He looked like a layman. But any other time, he usually looked pretty fucking badass. Even when he came back some of the last few times when he was in better shape with the long hair. Like, the Brock Lesnar one when he was bald and he did the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. That was terrible. I hated that that look. Uh, But for the most part, his look is sharp.
0: It's... It's timeless and, you know, black goes with everything. So, it does I mean, and he he really that's what I think is legacy just the evolution I think there's very few people that can evolve as well as The Undertaker I think you put Chris Jericho on that list I actually put Ric Flair on that list for oh yeah. multiple reasons you have to be around long enough too but like he doesn't get enough credit I don't think for the evolution of his own character within really just one name and wasn't like oh he was a comedy act and then he was it was only very few little tinkerings but he always made sure to do something a little different which made him special Again, year after year
1: He was like Austin, and you really never changed his character. They kind of fucked with Austin towards the end, and he only had a four year run. But for The Undertaker, you kind of didn't really change him, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. You just kind of booked him against different people, and he wrestled maybe a little bit different of a match. He was such a good character. It really didn't matter. He would make whatever he needed to make out of it by making the other guy the heel or making the other guy the face because the crowd, like, if you wanted him, if he wanted you to like him, you'd like him. If you wanted him to hate you,
0: you'd hate him. Yeah, he did a great job. All right, Bill, what match? I can go first on this one while you maybe tinker with yours. What match should people go out of their way this week as a match of the pod for people to see for The Undertaker? For me, it's really hard because I just thought about him versus um, CM Punk, not at WrestleMania. They did a Hell in a Cell years ago. I was thinking about that. That was a really good match. But for me, I have to go with Triple H, WrestleMania 17. It mm-hmm. is one of my, if not my favorite match of all time. I know it sounds crazy, but I remember as a kid in high oh, no, school, it's a everybody... It this is, is so the one they were all over the arena, right? All over Houston, yeah. it is everywhere. Um, you know, earlier this year, it was King Corbin versus Roman Reigns at Wrestle, uh, sorry Royal Rumble, and they tried to mimic that style. wasn't the same, obviously, for multiple reasons. But these two, you could tell they had a chip on their shoulder, probably based on what I said earlier about you know they both really weren't booked or anything to throw them in a match. And they said, "We're going to go steal the show." It was a, it was a co-main event, a lot, second last match before Austin Rock. Uh, this is the height of wrestling. Awesome match. The two did a great job. Uh, sledgehammers, Last Rides, all the finishes you talked about, Choke Slams, Pedigrees, um, Tombstones, everything. Awesome match. Go out of your way. I don't know how long the match is. I'm guessing like around 20 minutes, but it, it, it's everything you want out of an action-packed 20-minute match.
1: I will tell you to go watch the two that I mentioned, the one that you actually brought up and I forgot about. It's on Round the cover Zero. of the – no, 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 the uh, 97 Royal Rumble. Oh, yes, yes. 98, That's a 98, great 98,
0: match. 98, 98, 98. 98.
1: That is a phenomenally told match, like January 98. Um, yep. Phenomenal match. I mean, even after Michael gets hit, you can see he's like, eh, but it doesn't phase him right away. I've actually, you know, I didn't do anything like that, but I broke my tailbone before. Like, it hurts like a mother. So for him to be able to finish that match, it's amazing. And like, there is no wasted motion between either one of these guys. So that match was great. And the other match I will tell you was the, the ground zero in your house one. That one is absolutely bananas because I remember watching it Probably about five years ago now, for the first time. You know, I might have watched it when I was a kid, but I didn't remember it as, you know, this is a great wrestling match. It's probably each one of their like top 10 matches of all time, maybe even top five. It is that damn good. It it's is a Shawn Michaels. Too. Yeah, it's the both of them in their absolute tippy top. It's Shawn Michaels original Prime, it's The Undertaker, probably what? seven years after he debuted, so he's, like, in his early 30s, maybe early – no, late 20s, early 30s. These guys are at the top of their game, and, like, they were – I think Shawn Michaels is probably up there. Is he the best in-ring performer of all time? I can't say that for sure, but he's in the top two or three. And The Undertaker, for a big guy, I think is probably the best big guy of all time and probably a top 10 performer of all time. And these are two guys at their peak. So that's one I would watch. I might watch that and the Royal Rumble one tonight.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go out of my way to watch that Ground Zero match because I realistically, I, now that you mentioned that is the one they flew over, I know I've seen it, but this mm-hmm. is the match that also led for why they had to have the Hell in a Cell because it went to a no contest. So yeah, I'm going to watch people.
1: I think, I think he dove into a bunch of people at the end.
0: Yeah, I, I'm guessing. Like, mean, I don't. Again, I'm actually going to be pleasantly surprised when I rewatch this. So, mm-hmm. again, that's Ground Zero, 1997 for me. It is WrestleMania 17, 2001. Guard your way to watch those matches. Uh, Billy, coming up on the old podcast. Don't forget, to subscribe at Pop Culture PD. Uh, that's a the Twitter, so you can follow there. Subscribe on iTunes, everywhere you get your podcasts at Pop Culture Pile Driver um, on the YouTube channel. If you're not watching us live, or if you're watching us in recap form, hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up on the video. Goes a long way in the uh, you know the algorithm of the old internet, mm. but Bill, coming up on the old podcast, we have a couple things. We are going to be doing our Step Brothers movie review. We will be having our summer blockbusters. We'll do a review of all the summer blockbusters over the last couple decades. We'll be talking about creating the best song ever. That one's going to be good. That one's going to be interesting. You're going to want this to come is the back the greatest and best song in the world. And then we'll, I'll also be doing a preview in a few weeks. AEW is running a non pay per view. Two weeks of their television will be dedicated instead of doing a pay per view this time through a fighter fest. So I'll give you a preview on that. Those are some of the stuff to look forward to coming up on the podcast channel, YouTube channel. Again, at Pop Culture PD on Twitter, you can follow him at Billy D twenty four eleven. I'm over at at Jason D Rossi on the Twitter machine. Again, subscribe, thumbs up, give us any advice, thoughts comments any concerns whatever you want to do just yell at us we don't care we're here for it slide into billy's dms as you can tell he's thirsty and looking to mingle and i told him i gave him the advice just wrap it up wrap it up yeah keep keep it safe any parting words (laughs) for the folks um not really where to stephanie maybe (laughs) maybe where to stephanie all right we'll catch you guys next time frank says hi